Welcome to the T&D podcast brought to you by TomTom. We think you're trucking awesome, you deserve a trucking awesome app. That's why today we're excited to talk about the ultimate trucking companion, TomTom Go Navigation. With premium features designed to make every delivery a breeze, Go Navigation ensures you reach your destination efficiently and stress-free. Hello and welcome back to the Trucking Driver Podcast. It's the first episode of 2024. We are back on a regular basis from here on in because we have a new sponsor, TomTom, leaders in HGV Truck Satnav, which you'll already have heard from the start. Anyway, I am joined today by... Matt Island. Hey! Hey! Happy New Year, Dougie. Uh, Happy New Year, yeah. Did you have a, a good Christmas period? Were you out doing a lot of work driving and things like that? Was there much of a Christmas rush on or anything like that? Uh, I mean, where I am at the moment, not a great deal because I'm doing the um, sawdust and wood shavings at the moment locally. Uh, I worked up to the Friday. I did get a day in between Christmas and New Year, but I mean, quite a lot of the trucks were out and about doing stuff anyway for them, so they don't really shut down as such. Although there's not as much going on because the sawmills are all closed um, for the Christmas period, but there's other stuff still sort of ticking along. So I did a day. I was hoping to get another day on Sugar Beet, but because it's been so wet up round our way, mm. they're, they're, who I do the sugar beet for has, has run out of um, beet stock. So they certainly had no work for casual people, and they're sort of struggling at the moment for their regular guys. And it's, I mean, today is the second, and it's been chucking it down all day. So it's not looking good for them for the rest of the week, really, because the ground doesn't just dry out. You've got to, you've got to wait a little while. So luckily, I mean, I'm back on the. On the wood shavings, so um, I went to Kingsland today. Got Kingsland again tomorrow, so just t- ticking along, nothing too exciting, but it's um, regular, nice, easy work for nice, nice people. So can't can't complain at all, really. I mean, the weather has been horrendous. It's been raining like constantly. There's loads of clickbait articles saying that the UK is going to get hit with an Arctic blast and loads of snow in January. But I think it's all just clickbait because one of them said there was supposed to be loads of snow arriving today, and it's actually dry here at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't see it myself. It's um, near on double figures at the moment, and I know what the weather can be like. But yeah, I I believe it when I see it. But I, I can't see it happening personally. So um, I know it got quite cold a little bit before Christmas, but then it seems to have warmed up quite nicely. So uh, we'll stick with that. Thank you very much. I think. Yeah, I got I got offered some work before Christmas, but in the week running up to Christmas, I had like four articles to write. I was about. I was like, what is the work? And it was like. Marks and Spencer's deliveries that started at half past two in the morning. Right. At that point, I wasn't like sleeping. <laughs> I wasn't getting to sleep <laughs> till about past then. So I was like, I can't do that. And another one was Tesco's store deliveries. And I was like, I hate doing, I, I really don't like doing store deliveries and stuff. It just Christmas rush stuff. Because you spend half the bloody night unloading and then reloading the trailer rather than doing anything. And I'd, yeah, it's not my thing really. So I, I, I knocked it back, but I do need to. Um, get out and do quite a lot of driving this year. Um, I need to line up some demo units. Depends if anybody's got some work, hopefully in Scotland, you know, rather than having to go away mm-hmm. down to England to go and do it. But um, yeah, I need, definitely need to get out and about again. I wasn't feeling great for about the last three months of the year, so feel better now, though. I had a good Christmas and um, New Year in terms of being productive good. and getting back in a routine. Excellent. I mean, it's I mean it's been pretty grim down our way for work. I mean, uh the yeah the Friday the twenty second uh, Bomford Group closed their doors. Mm-hmm. The chap owns he owns Star Transport and Bomfords, 
but Bonfers is now no more, so it's just stars. So I can't remember how many. They certainly had sort of 30, 40 odd trucks. They had quite a few, maybe even more. So they've packed up and gone. Uh, Magnus Group, they disappeared as well just for Christmas. I can't remember if we mentioned them before or not, but I think they had over 100 trucks. So, um, you know, there's there's been a big sort of uh, loss of hauliers down, down our way. And um, January is normally pretty grim at the best of times. So I, I everybody was on wafer thin profit margins from the yeah. outset before all the, the costs massively increased and the rates and everything haven't gone up with it when you've got big increases on everything from insurance to tyres to oil, even mm-hmm. the price of buying trucks as well. Trucks are through the roof. Yeah, the price of them. If you can, and it's still long times on them. So everybody that's running on two percent profit margins, you drop down to like one percent, and all of a sudden you're not really in a position where the company's viable. You're just turning wheels, putting in a massive amount of effort, and you're barely even uh, clear it, clearing things. So yeah, yeah, it's not been good. So uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully in a couple of months, uh, if the building sites start opening up again, and and um, things start wheeling and moving about again we might be all right but it's uh it's not looking too good out there so um i'm just glad i've got some work like i said uh anyone who's known a driver or got a small fleet at the moment i um i take my hat off to you i gotta say mm-hmm. yeah it's it's um not easy at the moment it's not really getting talked about in the, in the mainstream media or anything either but the economy is Kind of in, in, in the do in the doldrums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way the cost of everything's rocket rocketed, mm-hmm. it's really it's really yeah. difficult. So yeah, I don't yeah. know who so. I don't know who else is going to be wobbling and things. I mean, there's some some companies out there are kind of thriving in amongst all this. Um, there are always companies that, th- that do well in the face of adversity and able to step in. You know, if Bonfords have gone, I mean, the lorries were most of the lorries weren't sitting doing nothing. So no. somebody somewhere is going to pick up that work, is it? But you know, it, yeah. it has to be it has to be viable for somebody else to pick it up as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, um, the factories where they were pulling from, they're still manufacturing whatever they were making. So somebody's got to be moving it. So mm-hmm. who knows? But yeah, and it's um, it's funny because like my brother's involved in transport as well, and who he works for. They're really, really busy. They're in a lucky position that they're in direct with the shipping company rather than getting it sort of fourth or fifth hand. So they're in quite a strong position and they are very busy. So um, there's a lot of middlemen in there creaming off what little there is. And we just need to get rid of a bit of that, really, I think would probably help. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, traditionally, I mean, you've been out and done, you've been away delivering dogs and things in the van. You've done any of that recently? I haven't, just purely because who I'm working for have, have basically booked me in for sick cover. So I, I know that's obviously certainly still going on, and, and he's still pretty busy, I believe. Um, I was going to give him a call just to have a chat because I'm really getting the itch to get back out across the water. I mean, um, a friend of mine who I who I put on there to help him out, he he went away day after Boxing Day. He left at half past five. He went, I think, he went out to the Czech Republic and come back and he's now on his way out to Sicily so he had New Year mm. out some out somewhere so he's 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 probably in Sicily by now I expect uh, collecting then heading back to England 
So, uh, so yeah, it's still, um, still going on. And yeah, speaking to him, I was just thinking, God, that'd be, that'd be a nice little jolly this time of year. Go and do a Sicily, bit of that. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I got there how, once. It's, how it's do you Sicily. get there? Do you drive all? Do you literally drive all the way down through Italy to get to Sicily, or do you do you take a long boat? There are boat options from up the north. Uh, I think I'd rather drive it. That'd be a yeah. nice drive. Although, although the drivers get crazier the further south you go into Italy. Yes, they do. And I mean, I went. Oh, that was. At least ten years ago, I'd say roughly, I went to Palermo and I had to drive mm. all the way, all the way down to the bottom. Is it Reggio Emilia, I think something like that. There's a port and it's you know short, short mm. ferry ferry ride across. At the time, it was cash only for the ferry as well, which thankfully somebody had told me, so I had <laughs> cash <laughs> in the good old days. Well, I don't. I really don't agree with the moves to go and get rid of cash for things. Eh? That's no, worrying, no, that's, that's, that's a terrible, that. terrible, what? terrible trend. But um, I remember when I when I came back because obviously that was when I was working for Transam. Obviously, we did the gig in Palermo, load out, back to the port, like next ferry out of Sicily. So I was into Italy early in the morning, and the the roads taking me back to sort of the the motorway in inverted commas because it still wasn't finished all the way down there was closed overnight for work. So I ended up having a snake down like all the old roads to get myself over the hills to get back up again and it was mm. it, it would have been so much nicer if it was light <laughs> but um every single car I, I drove into sicily on a banger rally back in 2006 yeah and if any if there was a big queue of traffic at a traffic lights or a junction or anything and you didn't really feel like you wanted to wait you just drove around the side and everything just shoved your way in yes and everybody, it was just a, a free-for-all all these old fiat's Covered yeah. in dents. There wasn't a car yeah. with a straight panel on it anywhere. <laughs> but the, the, tra- the, the traffic moved surprisingly quickly considering how busy it was because everybody was just funneling and shoving their way in. Yeah. But it moved surprisingly quickly. I was like, I could remember this. So a guy, the road workers were lying at the side of the road, like just sleeping, having a siesta for whatever the Italian equivalent is early in the afternoon. I thought, is that guy dead? And he wasn't. He was just having a sleep at the side of the road because I was like, eh, different way of life. Absolutely. You'll get to a set of lights where it's two lanes and all of a sudden it's into four lanes, potentially five, with how they're coming around you. And, and like I say, horns are blaring, everything's going, but nobody, nobody's getting angry about it. That's just yeah, how it is. It was weird. And, and, yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah, and it's, it's quite similar in Russia. You'll get to... You get the lights and like the dirt hard shoulder cars will come up the inside of you. I've had buses come up the inside of me, trucks, all just racing to try and get round you, and it's it's a bit chaotic. Once you get used to it, and get get stuck in with it. It's quite good fun, really. <laughs> yeah, that was it. You've got to get stuck in. Well, that's right. Yeah, I did. I was a bit wary because we were in a one hundred quid Cavalier SRI one thirty. Which shows yeah. you how long ago that was, because you wouldn't get one yeah. of them for a grand now, never or two grand, never mind a hundred quid. But we were yeah. driving. We were driving it back to. Bristol, where we lived, and we were in right. Italy. So even though it was a hundred quid car, I was a bit wary. I was like, you know, I don't care if it gets dented, but I don't want it to get written off. That was yeah. that was a lot of fun. That <laughs> lot of fun. That the year before, it was my first ever trip abroad, and I actually went to Sicily and Palermo. That was with yeah. um, Vauxhall when they launched the VXR range. And I was like a, just a, a novice staff writer on Total Vauxhall. And obviously, this was in the days before the credit crunch. So these events were like no. There was no budget for them. They just spent whatever they wanted yeah. to go and do it. And it was just incredible. The, the bad thing about that was I flew out of Luton in November, got to Sicily, 20 degrees, blue skies, spent two days tearing around the Targa Florio and all these brand new VXR Vauxhalls. And then I had to fly back into Luton and I got there in like rush hour 
and it was like pouring <laughs> with rain. And then I had to drive around M25 to again get back to Bristol. And I don't yeah. remember being what I remember just being so incredibly sad because I'd only just moved from <laughs> Scotland to England after that and being so depressed after yeah. coming back from the high of being away to that and having to like coming off the plane and walking out through the rain to go and get what car was it I had? It was a Vectra press car that Vauxhall had actually given me. And I would go fight my way around the traffic and I was like, oh, I want to go back and live. Now, I would love yeah. to go back to Sicily because it's like beautiful. Yes. I'd, I'd like to go back as well and just see how much it's developed because it was yeah, almost it was kind like of coming on back then. in time, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, because they had a lot like, of problems with the mafia yeah. back there because that's where the mafia came from. That's right, uh, yeah. And yeah, that, that had all kind of been cleared up by then and it was just starting to flourish. I'd yeah. love to go back again, yeah. for sure. Even just to go over for like um, a break or anything. A couple of my mates are away to Tenerife at like at Christmas and December, and that looked really nice as well. The only but you've got to come back. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part. Get get the holiday blues. Yeah, to the British. You got to come back to the British weather. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So I've not, I've never actually driven. Tr- I've only driven trucks in press events uh, abroad. No, I did actually. I drove the Daft Show Trekker truck. To the Nürburgring, yeah. I went out there. So I have driven a truck on like work once in Europe, but I haven't been anywhere like delivering places. I'm always like in awe of the people who go across there because I've got enough trouble. If I've got like four drops on and a cutting cider running around the south of England, that's stressful enough trying to find out where you're supposed to go and avoid the weight limits and the bridges. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I can't imagine doing that in like Europe, but people seem to absolutely love it. It doesn't seem to be as problematic running no. about in, in Europe as what it is in the UK. If, no. I, if I'm like down in, down in the southeast, it, it's um, it can be pretty stressful. It's stressful at times to to get the work done, try to find where you're needing to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Never mind having to deal with like another language and being the opposite side. But it seems to be different. I don't know. Yeah, not that I'm necessarily volunteering for it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I suppose it's much the same as England. Um, like if they don't want trucks down a road, they pretty much signpost it pretty well usually i mean this is generally speaking but you know aimed with a good map or sat nav now it's fairly simple to do and it's kind of like common sense a lot of it you know if you look at a road and think this doesn't look right just either stop and point and ask um or or get out and have a little look i remember several years ago heading back south i just got into Lithuania and that's when you used to have to buy the vignette which was a sticker and put in the window and I wasn't sure where I could get it so I just pulled in the first garage which didn't sell it and there's a few truck drivers there and sort of between my pigeon sort of German and sort of and their sort of little bit of English I managed to establish that you know the next garage along I could I could buy it and I've just got to run down to there rather than just sort of chance it I then knew in my head that right I'm okay I'm safe to do it because I can't get it here so that's my first point and Generally speaking, especially in the East, drivers are always willing to help. And I've always said that about our Eastern European colleagues. They'll, if you get to a parking area and there's only one space and it's pretty tight, they'll they'll get out and actually help you get in that space and not get their phones out and film you whacking into the truck that you're trying to park next to sort of thing. I've always found them to be really sort of helpful and friendly. Yeah, that's good. It's a bit of a different sort of culture i guess yeah. yeah i would like to go and get out and do something abroad i've actually got the first time i'm going abroad this year volvo i've got a big event on at the end of january oh, which right. we've all been invited to i don't know volvo's got a lot of stuff happening this year and the good thing is it's not all electric as well because all right. the truck manufacturers are 
they're all pushing the electric thing hard at the moment, but that's not electric. We're still doing, we're now into 2024. There's still not any charging points being put in everywhere. There's a lot of people buying one truck for the fleet, which is electric. Yeah. So, you know, you can show off and say you've got an electric truck. I still don't see it being as a realistic solution to be replacing diesel, which there's no real need to do with how clean diesel trucks are now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. That, that's the, the big push. It was quite interesting towards the end of the year, Iveco have released details of their updated S-Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, obviously, there is an electric part to that. But they are updating the Cursor 13 and the top output one's moving from 570 to 580 horsepower. And it goes up from 2,500 newton metres of torque to 2,800. So right. that, thing, that thing will be an absolute weapon. Yeah. Iveco are now introducing a digital dash and they're also introducing mirror cams as well right. to the delight of um, not a lot of people. Some people <laughs> like them. I don't. I just still don't see the... Still don't really see the point of having mirror cams on, on trucks. Like the DAF digital vision system, their corner mirror camera on the front near side gives you a massive panoramic field of vision, but I'd still yeah. rather have it with conventional mirrors. I don't really see the benefit of having these cameras there because I don't like how... One of the main things is when you move your head, you don't widen the angle of vision. I don't... Mm-hmm. I just don't really get on with it. And it doesn't look right either. It looks... They've got little Shrek ears instead of... They yes. They look right with mirrors on them. <laughs> I know that people people do like them, but it's kind of personal. There's a lot of pushback in a lot of places against mirror cams because guys don't really like them. Yeah. And, of course, I mean, you, you were saying before this started that one of your mates is, like, a long-sighted. Yeah. So... It's like the mirror ca- the monitors are too close for some people who need to wear glasses of a particular type because it's blurry, but they can see yes. the mirrors, but the mirror cam's too close. Yeah. So nobody's thought that out or worked out how to deal with that. Yeah. It, it, exactly. Uh, and some people kind of st- struggle with that. And again, tech- technology for the sake of, the sake of technology. See also electric handbrakes. Yes, definitely. I mean, I'm. I've always said, you know, I'm a. I am a big fan of mirror cam from what I've driven of it. I found the Mercedes system better than DAFs, probably just because the Merc one's been around for longer, so they've ironed out more of the issues with it. For me personally, I think it's got more pros than cons, but I know they're certainly not faultless, and they do have cons, and they can be a real problem. But yeah, I totally agree with the. They just do not look right at all. They just look so strange. But I guess, give it 10 years, it will just be normal. Mm. I think there's gonna, I think in 10 years, there'll still be a lot of trucks that expect the mirrors on them because people just aren't that keen on them. I mean, it's not the same as automatic gearboxes, which was a fundamental change in things. This is just a, a technology thing. I know that there's a lot of guys who go abroad who blindside a lot, who say the way that the camera will swing round so you've got a much wider field of vision. It can be handy. But then again, I've found with the latest mirrors on the Scania and the Volvo that when you, even if you have to blindside, you do get like a large amount of vision before the trailer disappears. But the DAF system isn't swinging around now. When it, when the demonstrators came out, they were. Is it not? No. I think there needs to be an update. Now, someone will probably correct me on this because... But there will yeah, be who, if, yeah, if stopped it. I don't know. Yeah, because who I who I work for who've got at Normans they've they've got five all mirror cams and when I first drove one it didn't track you when you're going backwards so I raised the question with Lisa who runs the trucks and she told me look the demonstrator did track them and then they do, now they don't and now Daff told her it's a health and safety issue 
which I find bizarre. Um, I think it's more to do with the, there's a problem with the technology. And when when I did a day's trade plan for DAF, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember what they told me now because I did ask the chap there. So I'd like to think that soon it will change and track you because you can you can see the whole of the blind side as such of the trailer, but if it just tracked around more like the Merc does, it would be that much better. So. That's sort of half the reason I think the Merc one is, is better. But also, like you say, there'll still be trucks with mirrors. Now, as we said, my, my mate has told me, you know, he needs a pair of glasses to drive. And if he's got his his, tr- his regular truck, he can see his mirrors, not a problem. But because it's a monitor in their new trucks, he can't focus on it. He just cannot mm. see it. And he needs different glasses to watch telly. So he can't switch between them. Now, as you get older, your eyesight deteriorates. That's just you, your eyes lose pressure. That's just the way of the world. So mm. give give it ten years time. People who like me who've got good vision at the moment, as that deteriorates, it might then become an issue. Now the technology might improve over the next ten years to maybe counteract that somehow with zooming or zooming in or zooming out or being able to move the monitors. I'm not quite sure how it could work because I'm not very technical <laughs> yeah what they could do is they, they could move the monitors outside the cab and put them on these mounting poles well you're talking that's too, and then they too, could just too. yeah then, then, then they could just then they could then they would just be mirrors so no, what's that's the point sound, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds way too way too unconventional sticking stuff outside the cab like that mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i mean that's that's something i would have thought would need kind of addressing oh well there's there's other i mean there is more technology updates coming it's not too long before you won't be able to switch lane departure off yeah we the lane departure warming yeah which is just absolute not which is just nonsense with how narrow the uk roads are and it's the first thing as soon as you get in the lorry and it goes you switch it off because it's yeah it's got very little value yeah uh, and then and anything and it needs to if you can't switch it off then it needs to like not activate under 50 miles an hour then because wonder, so, so it's only going to run on a dual carriageway or a motorway because that's when you would need it yeah i i dare say though some technological boffins could probably sell some sort of program on the internet that will enable you to switch it off <clears throat> until it's mot time or something like that i would I'd like to think so anyway, because I'd certainly certainly paid to have it turned off. There's there's rumours and things. There's trucks started to turn up as well with alcohol locks in them as well. Bob Beach had one which had an alcohol lock in it. And you're like, well, they'd better not make that standard on trucks because that's like well offensive because loads of people don't even drink. Yeah. There's people that don't drink for religious reasons. Why should you have to blow into a stupid alcohol lock every time? You should only have one of them in your truck if you've been done for drink driving, as far as I'm concerned. Well, so I, they I did make everybody use one of them. Yeah. I mean, where, where does it end? Is it then going to make you do a cocaine wipe and then a cannabis wipe and everything before the thing will start? So it takes like five minutes every time you fire the th- fire the thing up. Yeah, they don't, big big brother technology with with stuff like that to go. And, Equally, if that technology goes wrong. And mm. will, will the truck then not start? So even if you're, yes, if you haven't, if you haven't had a drink won't, for course ten, it won't start. Yeah, of course <laughs> you might never have. You might never have had a drink for years. Yeah, and if it and doesn't it, decide to work one day, then your truck might not start. Yeah, it's yeah, all, it's all just Big Brother sort of technology in the way that you know drivers are so closely monitored for everything that they do, 
And kind mm-hmm. of certain people at manufacturers and the technology departments are obsessed with monitoring, monitoring, monitoring telematics to the absolute max to see everything a driver's doing. It's like, well, go and monitor the warehouse staff and the office staff to that degree and make sure they're being absolutely perfectly productive at like all times. It's uh, that's not, it's not a solution to th- not a solution to things. You'll put people off wanting to do the job. Have we still got a driver shortage, by the way? Does that still exist? I don't think there will be now. <clears throat> well, there's not as much talk of it, but I think it's because so many companies have closed down. I mean, the, the report I saw last year, and that was before Bomford and Magnus had gone, was a record, I think, 463 companies. So if we add them two, plus I don't know however many others went in December – say 465 companies went into liquidation last year what, I mean, haulage companies haulage companies yeah i mean that's wow. more than one a day that's mm. i mean admittedly the majority of my presume would be very small operators but then then again let's like, say magnus bomford's knights of old mm. i mean tra- trading since 1865 i think it was you know big fleet now all gone it's kind of like who's next so a lot of drivers, I presume a lot of them at a lot of these places were probably getting close to retirement, things like that. If they've been made redundant and had a payout, mm. they probably thought, stuff this, you know, I'm, I'm, out, I'm out of this game because so many drivers you speak to have had enough, can't be bothered with it, don't want to do it. So they, if they've got that, that golden opportunity to get out, I think they will do. So there's certainly a, a shortage of good drivers that's that's a given. There's always a shortage of that. Yeah, but you can always get steering wheel attendance. Yes, yeah, but I still think there is a driver shortage. Although at the moment, just be, I mean, the, the first week of January is always quiet. But with the lack of work about, there's not as much going on to mm. facilitate the need for dri- as many drivers. So it's interesting, and it's just yeah, it's, it seems like a daily thing. Just the the, the aggro and battles that drivers have to face. Especially in the UK, you know, diesel theft, uh, load theft, trying to get parked up somewhere, trying to get parked up somewhere safe. Well, that's, uh, a, that's the thing with the whole electric side of things, and everyone. You're going to com- you're going to install all this incredible infrastructure everywhere to go and charge these trucks everywhere. Well, you can't even lay on parking for enough of them to get. Uh, yeah, uh, parked at night in the correct areas. So you seriously going to tell me that you're going to install all this infrastructure? Nope, can't see it. Sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely not. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. How, I don't know what the future is really. Some sort of fundamental change, but I mean, we, we could be talking about this in ten years' time. There'll still be a lack of parking, a lack of drivers, a lack of good services and facilities. Mm-hmm. It seems to just limp along, and nothing ever seems to happen. I don't really know. Don't really know what can, to be honest. Um, no, nothing ever really changes changes that much. And I've no, it doesn't much. seem. People going about autonomous trucks as, as well, and it's like, well, that just. Totally, you don't understand the role that a driver plays and the amount of work that they've got to do to yeah. to get things to get things done. When you're going to sites and finding where places are and where things need to go and all that, you think a robot truck's just going to go and do something like that? I don't think so. And they yeah. just end it end up parked outside somewhere and ignored the entire night, and nobody would tip it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you know, if we had other alternative infrastructure like a good railway system. You could put more stuff onto things like that, but that's just you well, know, you've that's only all, got to that's look all at, long gone, isn't it? Well, they've spent a fortune on HS2, which has kept a lot of hauliers busy. Yeah, uh, but it's still a white elephant. Like the benefits yeah. of it are not the halfway service. <laughs> they don't match. They don't match up to the amount of investment that's been spent in it. I no. mean, there's a lot of work that needs done on infrastructure across the country. 
Uh, yeah. Of course, the Scottish government have said they've basically run out of money and the A9 is not going to be completed for another 11 years or something like that. So there's no new projects for road building no. getting done anywhere apart from these stupid 20-mile sections of Smart Motorway, which will be coming an, an, end, an end as well. Yeah, well, the Birmingham Council have gone bust, so I think... Yeah, I don't understand how all these councils are going bust. What are they frittering all the money on? Because well, council tax isn't like... Isn't like low. They're talking Edinburgh up here. The roads around the city are full of potholes. West Lothian Council doesn't have enough money to go and fix schools. And I said, what are they doing? What are they doing with all the all the money that they get? What's it being? Uh, what's it being frittered on? What, uh, Their fantastic wages, I suppose, and um, corporate functions and things like that. Or was it just me being a little bit cynical? No, no, you're probably <laughs> probably right. It's, it's weird, is it? Where, do, where does all the money go? I mean, it just mm-hmm. you remember we had the furlough scheme. They found all the money from that out the blue, and then they handed out all those loans as well. And yeah. loads, of, loads of unscrupulous people took advantage of those COVID loans with no intention of ever paying them back, and yeah. billions have been lost to that. They've just written it all off. Yeah. I wish I knew how to go and do things like that, to go and get myself a hundred grand or something worth of COVID loans through you some to- shell company and then just shut it down and just pocket the money. You need to be involved with the House of Commons or Lords, I think, or is that yeah. even more cynical? And be into PPE, or was that yeah. very, well, well, they were, very well, cynical? They, well, of they me. had they had their um, fingers in the pie with all that all that stuff yeah. as well, getting their mates sorted out with with, yeah. with money for it. But there, there was a lot of people that have got a load of money out of that, and they'll never be paying yeah. it back. Just, it just seems as well. No, nobody seems to care in this country. Just people just seem to shrug, shrug. Oh well, that's 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 happened, and and that's that. No, nobody seems to be saying hang on a minute this is what's going on here but i don't know i suppose we're just a small minority aren't we and yeah well so the state of the roads is the amount of potholes around the place like i'd, I'd really there's that many cars with like 19 20 inch wheels of rubber band tires on them now and i wouldn't thank you for having anything like that with the, the gigantic craters that's in the roads i mean yeah. damage and wear that it causes to causes to vehicles yeah, around the place. You know, you've got to watch when you, you've got to watch carefully where you're going everywhere, especially in urban areas because it's just absolutely wrecked now. Yeah. they don't seem to be out sort of um, fixing any of it as such. There was a road no. round here. Instead of repairing it properly, they poured bitumen all over the top of it and then some stones, and that's all coming ripped up in oh, a brilliant. few months and worn away right the way through it and there's stones all over the road now pinging up and smashing windows and chipping paint and everything like that and you're like well if you'd done it right in the first place and you wouldn't have this problem go and put some proper go and plane the road and then go and put some proper tar down and that would give some work to a load of um, aggregate hauliers as well because it would take the planings away and bring the tar back in no mm-hmm. let's just go and pour some shite all over the top of it yeah <laughs> I mean, we're we're quite lucky around here. The, the roads haven't been too badly affected. There's there's quite a few older potholes and, and patches of tarmac that are missing. But I kind of my, my route to work, I just kind of know where they all are, unless a new one mystically appears, uh, as they do occasionally. Um, but I I think one way to get a, get people to actually repair them is uh, to to spray obscene graffiti. Um, turning like, potholes into comedy penises and things like that, then the council will act if there's so, something like that on yeah, the road. About that. Yeah, go, so, and write, of, go and write some politically incorrect message. Yeah. yeah, so of course I'm not advocating that sort of behaviour. Yeah. 
You're listening to the Trucking Driver Podcast brought to you by TomTom. The TomTom Go Navigation offers a specific set of truck features. You can set your cargo and truck dimensions for specific routes so you can drive confidently on suitable roads, making every journey efficient and reliable. Truck yeah! Looking at um, the latest issue of Trucking Driver, because we had the DAF special around off the year, we did four special issues last year, Scania, Volvo, MA and DAF, and I think they've all signed up to do them again next year, and we've got some other things to go and sort out with, sort out as well. But this is like a really substantial issue of the magazine. It's like perfect bound, doesn't have staples in it. It's printed on the bit of paper and everything. And of course, the magazine had a redesign. We've got a new tweaked logo and we've got a new large font in there as well so other Mr Magoos can read it no problem <laughs> for people who can't use mirror cam <laughs> yeah well there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of content in this issue a lot of different dafts and things you're in it up the back in team T&D with yep. your latest um, Xbox I need to catch up with Paul I don't even know where he is in the world whether he's in Ireland or whether he's in New Zealand or Australia or what I'll have to give him a text and see how he's doing yeah, Joe Ashton's in it now as well. He's uh, come into Team Trucking Driver. He drives for a uh, G&J Shuttleworth who are in the issue. They've got quite a few um, manual dafts, actually. He said, yeah. Joe did say to us, if you want to come out and do some work, but I've never done it. I would have to go and do some training because it's tankers. So I don't know. You'd have to go and... Um, there's some, oh, some, some stuff that you need to know. And that's like uh, food products. Oh, right, okay. I'd have to go and work yeah. out how to do... How to uh, go and clean the tanks out and make make sure you don't put the wrong product in the tank or something like that. Don't put, you know, and drive smooth smoothly so it's not not like you're driving a nodding donkey. Yeah, but where you, it looks like you've been driving Renaults. The looks yep. of it is that yep. what's that an eight wheeler Range C? Like a sort of what's the body on that? Is it like a hook loader or something? That's a hook, yeah, it's a hook hook loader. What's that? Yep. Is that the sawdust? S- saw, for then, sawdust skips. Yep. So there's a walking floor with Renault Range T. So range seat, yeah, walking floor. Uh, they've got curtain siders as well for um, like the finished product, like bailed mm-hmm. products. There's one one T high, and I think everything else is just your your standard T range, and then just a one hook loader. Mm. You're better off with the normal range T if you're not spending the entire week away all the time. If you're jumping in and out yes. that cabin doing day shift on yeah. it, that that truck will drive better and it's easier to hop in and out, hop yes. in and out of there. They are good to drive the range tees, but the interior's dated now and they're needing a big interior update. The one thing I really don't like about the range tee is the lack of steering adjustment. Yeah, that's the older ones. The later yeah. ones have solved that, but obviously everything up until like 2022 uh, right. has the steering column, which doesn't quite move where you want it to be. Yeah, it moves about five degrees. And uh, one thing I have noticed as well is because the, the eight-wheeler hook loader sits a lot higher than the than the Arctic. Mm-hmm. When I go, go to get out of the eight-wheeler, I've got to try and remind myself so I don't fall on my backside because the step is that much higher off of the ground. It's quite a quite yeah. a difference. So, um, But, yeah, they because they, Volvo engine, they pull well. Uh, they, there's not really any weight in the loads either, sort of six, eight tonne maybe. So, um, you know, they're not really getting challenged too too much. Mm-hmm. So, um, But, yeah, it's, um, it's all right. You know, it could be worse. Yeah, I mean, they'll be fairly refined compared to what eight-wheelers were not all that long ago. Uh, what I am gutted about is that eight-wheelers replaced a version 1FM, which is still about, I don't think it's owned by them anymore, but it's still mm. in their livery. And, and that would be a manual as well, because it's on a, mm-hmm. a W plate, I think it was. So I'd like to have uh, 
had a little drive in that, that would have been would have been nice. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be a tough old thing. That'll run forever. Yeah, that if you want, if you want it to run forever. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of play. I mean, so many guys had to go and get rid of their everything that's non Euro six and updated to Euro six. But in a lot of parts of the country, you're never really going to encounter an ultra low emissions zone any time any time soon. Yeah, yeah, we said we said it won't be touched with that. Yeah, I don't know how often. Yeah, well, obviously manuals are getting rarer and rarer. We've got the last ever DAF XF manual in that current issue. Carmax from up near Thurzo have yeah. got that. There was a last. I don't know. There was a batch of four that came off the production line last mm-hmm. year, twenty twenty three, and they got the last one. But I don't know who got the other three. Right. So I mean, DAF were still selling a reasonable amount of of them, and obviously it was the only manual you could get. So. Yeah, uh, but I don't know who I don't know who got the other ones or who got the last CF manual eight wheeler and uh, Arctic as well. I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know who got them. I suppose I could put the shout out. If you put a shout, if you anything, you put a post up on the social media for truck and driver about manual gearboxes. It always it usually gets like hundreds of thousands of impressions <laughs> and enactment with it because it's still such a provocative topic with people. So mm-hmm. people are like still like well into it. So I, I don't know how many how many people would would still want a manual now. The automatics are really good. I would have one yeah. up here in Scotland, but if it was down around London and Birmingham and things like that, where you're sitting in traffic all day, I probably wouldn't be as keen to have a manual. Definitely not. Pumping, working the clutch all day, every day, up down, yeah. up down, up down the gears all the time. That's uh, yeah. That could be getting pretty tiresome. And the fact I've got, I've got sciatica anyway, so I'd probably, ah, probably yeah. end up it would probably end up like crippling me again after a, after a couple of weeks, and I'd be like, no, nah, I need to go into, onto yeah. something else. <laughs> with with the work I'm doing at the moment, it wouldn't bother me having a manual again. But more often than not now, and I didn't think I'd ever say this, is I'm kind of quite happy of just having an auto because it's just mm-hmm. like say, especially when it's busy traffic and it's just like, oh god, stop, you know. Stop but because I'm running through sort of rural Suffolk and Norfolk, I only really get held up around sort of Thet- Thetford and maybe a little bit around Kings Lynn. But if I time it right, I don't even really get held up there, to be honest. So, um, and it would be just having that manual at the roundabouts, the few that I encounter, would just make it a bit quicker getting going, mm-hmm. which would be a definite advantage. But pff, there we go. It's, um, yeah, well. It'll be interesting. Well, be interesting to see. I'm going to have to go and hit up some uh, some of the manufacturers and see because they all had demos lined up. They're like, "Yeah, we've got them if you want them," but I didn't drive anything for the sort of last part of last year because I wasn't really feeling great or up for it at all. But I feel um, much better. I'm up to speed now, so I'll have to go and see what I can get or get a hold of. And also, I'm going to have to go and put the, put a shout out and see if anybody uh, needs an extra lorry or anything like that. I may get the response <laughs> of. Nah, we're not really uh, busy enough. Mm. Uh, well, it depends what's on up in Scotland. If I went down to England, I could probably get some, probably get something sorted out. Toby at Bruttons is always fantastic if yeah. we need something. But then again, he is 380 miles south from me. True. People need to eat, so there's always fridges moving about, isn't there? Yeah, that's it. I'll go and uh, put a shout out to some of, the, some of the usual sort of people and see what's out there. Uh, try, if you're listening to the podcast and you've got any sort of like... Yeah, work. good one, good one. Yeah, <laughs> not just anything. I don't want. I don't want to be starting at half past two in the morning and spending <laughs> spending the day running between running around the Midlands all day at fifty miles, never getting over fifty miles an hour. If you're lucky, you know. I'm still yeah. being vaguely picky, but you know. Yeah, but, still yeah. want some cre- cream work, please. Yeah, but you know, at least uh, at least you know, semi skimmed. I don't want. Uh, I don't want the yeah. gruel. 
I get back into it. No, I like, I like a bit of stuff where I can go and... I like a bit of mile, I like mileage. Usually when I'm going into something, I can max my card out anyway. I've got Because I've usually got a clean card uh, to go to go and use up so I can keep myself busy. So we'll, I'll yeah. see what's out there. I still need to drive a new generation MAN. Still haven't done that. Mm-hmm. But definitely there's the new Volvos uh, are out there. There was a couple of Scania's that I'd never yet driven... Um, I did drive that tag axle daft last year. They've yeah. got one of their tippers available, um, which I did a short test in. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. I could probably mix it, mix it up, a li- mix it up a little bit. We'll, we shall see. But mm. yeah, it's um, hopefully going to. Hopefully, things will uh, work out a bit more. Uh, uh, a, a bit more optimistically than we suspect for for this year. Certainly, a lot of good stuff to come from um, truck and driver. Will it? Will this year be the year of the uh, older British trucks working? The British special. Well, Darryl, yeah, Darryl yeah, no, I should now should be able to should be able to sort that out this year. Provided, um, yeah, there's um, there's still a reasonable number of British trucks out there working away. People, the guys that run them, have got uh, like you know they've got warehouses and like uh, shipping containers full of spares. They're like, mm-hmm. you can't get spares for an ERFEC anymore. Well, these guys bought all the spares there was. And the, yeah. the guys that are running alphas and ECs have usually got a big pile of spares of uh, trucks. Yeah. I mean, it would be more difficult if you're running like one or two. But if you've got a load of them and you've been running a load of them for 25, 30 years or whatever, then it's not as much of a problem if you yeah. don't have to. One of the main issues is getting drivers for them, I guess, as well now, because getting somebody new to come in and go, there's your lorry. And they're yeah. like, what the hell is that? You know. Mm-hmm. And they've passed in an auto and all of a sudden they've got some gear stick poking out with switches on it left right and centre and they're going to have no idea yeah and it's older Poss- than possibly yeah, and it's ancient it's older than they are yeah there's not there's a, yeah. there's a, there's a, uh, a certain small uh, strange number of people out there who would jump at the chance of getting still being able to drive an ERF or a Foden but you know yeah Fair play yeah. to the engineering of those, the simplicity in the engineering of those trucks that are still running, mm-hmm. uh, running out there. But of course, they're massively benefited for the fact they don't have so much electronics in them, and they don't have a lot yeah. of dreadful emission systems on them. Especially the early versions of emission systems, the Euro Five and stuff, were not as reliable yeah. as uh, the later versions of it are. So yeah, we shall see what we shall see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, you got any you got um, any other business? I remember at the start when we talked, you'd mentioned you'd read a book. So to finish off, um, you'd read Mark Gridzinski's <laughs> book, which was about Scania's, was it? Yes, and I'm so glad you pronounced his name and not me because I was yeah, thinking I thought I'm gonna, I would get you. I'm gonna, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make a right hash of that. Um, he's just released a book on Scania One series, all photographed around the West Midlands where he's from. And it's it's really good. It's I was thinking about it earlier. It's kind of like if, if you when you were driving, if if you were driving sort of twenty years ago or so, and you'd be driving around the Midlands, and you'd see all these various sort of nondescript is not the right word, but just standard trucks. Nothing. Yes, you get like Steve Swain's stand out a mile. This picture of one of his in there, and a few others like that. But you, then you'd have all these other like just mundaneish sort of fleet spec trucks that you've just completely forgotten about and there's a photo of them and you're like wow you know i forgot all about them and oh this one and so on and so forth so it's a real snapshot in sort of in time and at the time really these were old trucks 
they weren't certainly weren't brand new, um, but just soldering on. And again, like as we we're just talking about, at a time when they could, because they're not full of electrics, you know. And they would solder, you know, second hand, third hand, just keep going and going. Yeah, that's it. that's the thing. There's not really for trucks nowadays. There's only really two owners, isn't there? There's not many people buy third generate really, third no. hand trucks anymore, is it? When something gets up to eight hundred thousand, a million, it gets exported. Pretty it gets, much, yeah. It gets all the emissions equipment removed off it and exported abroad. Well, hey, yes, let's go yeah. and move some pollution somewhere else. Exactly, yeah, because then it's not our problem and uh, we can carry on. So, But, yeah, Mark's book, it's only available from his own website, which is AccurateDragster, I think, dot com. But if, mm-hmm. you, if, you, if you Google, obviously other search engines are available. Uh, Accurate Dragster Publishing, it will certainly come up. And if you haven't got a copy of his previous book, uh, Midnight Movers, that's certainly worth a purchase as well because he used to spend his time back when there used to be plenty of parking around the Midlands, going around in the middle of the night photographing trucks, sometimes like three, four, five-minute exposures just because of the lighting conditions and things like that. And it's just, it's a that is a brilliant book of photos just like all at night. And some of the tricks he used, like if he'd photograph like a full moon and then rewind the film and take a photo of a truck on the same piece of film so you then got the moon in there as well as a truck in a scene sort of thing if that makes sense which is something mm-hmm. i i would never have thought of doing i wouldn't even know how to do it now but yeah just just some fa- fantastic photography of a uh, of a sort of lost era especially uh, a lot of the guys who are sort of sort of maybe my age maybe a bit older might remember places like the orange tree at walsall where you used to be able to park uh, that was one of his favorite places to go and take photographs um Plus all the various other places, you know, pubs and council car parks that you could go and park at. So, um, yeah, both well worth a, a check out. And funny enough, I'm also currently reading a book, which is, brace yourselves, it's all about the history of the shipping container called The Box. It might sound like the dullest book in the world, but I found it to be really interesting as to how your general humdrum 20 or 40 foot shipping container became mm-hmm. the behemoth of what it is now. Right, it's just yeah, just incredible, incredible story. All but all basically behind one guy, Malcolm McLean, who created Sealand, and his vision and how he, how it's just took off. It's uh, I'm sort of halfway through at least at the moment. And it's really really good. So it's it's been out quite a few years. Uh, I dare say you can find a second hand copy on eBay or somewhere or, or other. Um, but yeah, the box by Mark. With a C, Lever- Leverinson, Leverson. I don't have it to hand. It's downstairs because I'm going to read mm-hmm. a chapter once we <clears throat> once I've had me tea. I'm going to sit and read a chapter of it. Yeah, but yeah, well, that's interesting <coughs> yeah. then. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Cool. Yeah, well, thanks very much for your time on today's podcast. Yeah, it's um, been a we pleasure. Will be, we'll be back next week, folks. I shall catch you again soon. I shall have some um, updates on what I'll be going to get out driving and stuff. Yeah. Hopefully, excellent. Uh, yes, Happy New Year to everyone and you, Matt. Take care. I shall catch you again soon. Yeah, you too, Dougie. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Truck and Driver podcast, proudly sponsored by TomTom. As a special thanks to our listeners for trucking through the holiday season, we're giving away one month free of TomTom Go Navigation Truck. Simply download the Go Navigation app and use the code TRUCKYEAH. That's T-R-U-C-K-Y-E-A-H when subscribing. Safe travels, folks. 